The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's show comes to you as we look forward to the Week 9 matchup at MetLife Stadium between your New York Giants and the Las Vegas Raiders, 5-2 and two Raiders who, who currently lead the AFC West. And here to help me uh, break down the matchup is Matt Holder, contributor and podcaster for SB Nation's Raiders website, Silver and Black Pride. Matt, thank you very, very much for for hopping on the show. No problem, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Hey, so, you know, there's been absolutely no news from the Giants or from the Raiders this week. And and I, (laughs) I I, I, I hate to start here. But let's let's just get it out of the way. Let's talk a little bit about Henry Ruggs and let's you know, let's let's just I I need to ask this. I mean, not necessarily about about the accident per se and all of that. But but here's the question that I have. And I actually was listening to uh, to the Dan Patrick show earlier this week. and, And this this was raised uh, on the show, it's the Raiders moved really, really quickly in this case to cut ties with Henry Ruggs after this happened. And we all feel awful for the family of the victim. We all feel bad for Ruggs, too, to be honest with you. But yeah. but is there something about Ruggs is th- that you know of? Is there more to to the whole deal because you just wonder why the Raiders moved so quickly. I mean, were there, were there other sort of under the radar incidents with him that, that might've led them to, to move so quickly? Yeah, there wasn't anything that was necessarily reported. I mean, I think, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a rumor that back when uh, he got drafted last year that him and Lynn Bowden were maybe, uh, you know, uh, out being 21 year olds in Las Vegas a little bit too much. If you, you know what I mean? Doing partying and whatnot. And obviously, you know, that looking back on that now in hindsight kind of was a signal, a little bit of a warning 
Um, obviously, they got rid of Lynn Bowden and kept Henry Ruggs. So not exactly sure what's going on there. But there wasn't really anything that suggested that he was you know, a bad person or something that would make this decision um, that obviously ultimately ended in someone losing their life. Um, but it was, it kind of caught me by surprise a little bit. Like I said, there was never like an incident where I'm like, this is a guy that has character flaws. And even looking back to his time at Alabama, it was never, a, never even got the sense that he was a, um, you know, a problem child, a potential problem or anything like that. And I think that's part of what kind of took everybody by shock and took me by, by shock personally too, is again, like he wasn't a guy that, that you know, this was something that I, I was necessarily worried about. Um, you know, obviously maybe there was something there with a, maybe a little bit of a maturity issue, which might be coming to light, but I think that kind of comes with the territory of any 22 year old. That's going to be that, that um, make that much money and live in a city like Las Vegas. But I definitely think it caught us all by surprise, obviously no excuse for it um, and everything, but it's a, it's a touchy subject, not one that uh, has been pleasant over the last few days for sure. I can't imagine that it's yeah, that, that it would be, it's, it's not pleasant for anyone. And obviously changes ended ended a life changes a whole lot of lives and you know if if uh it if rugs is indeed guilty of this then his his life is going to change dramatically but to to try to keep this or get this back to to a football perspective to a football topic let me ask you this about rugs how much you know i know his rookie season on the field was not what anyone would have hoped for for a guy that was drafted as highly as he was you know by the raiders how much does this impact the raiders on the field how much were they relying on him to make plays for them yeah i think and that's kind of the you know when we're talking about the football part of it which obviously is uh you know, probably the least significant part of all this matter, but definitely still relevant um, given the given the landscape and the game will be played. Obviously, the season will go on. But um, I think one of the biggest things is him and Derek Carr were forming one of the best deep connections in the NFL this year. I think if you go back and look at Ruggs' touchdowns, I think all of them, I know all of them were over about 35 yards and they might have all been over 40, except for maybe one. So he was uh, he was a huge part of the Raiders offense this year, obviously the four two seven speed does a lot to stretch that defense and kind of force uh, force defenses to play back and open things up underneath. And uh, that's part of the, as far as the football field goes, you know, that's part of the biggest concern with losing rugs. He was a key, huge part of their offense. And I think why you're hearing the Raiders um, get thrown their name thrown around with a guy like Odo Beckham Jr. Who isn't quite as fast as rugs, but he can still stretch the field and, uh, and beat people deep because right now the only three receivers that the Raiders have on their roster are, uh, Henry Ruggs, Say Jones, and um, Brian Edwards. Say Jones is a little bit faster, but he's obviously been a guy that hasn't played too much this year. He's been good when the Raiders have called on him, but um, never had this big of a role, obviously. And, uh, you know, he could fill in, but obviously he's a big question mark. And I think, um, you know, with Ruggs, between Ruggs, Edwards, and, or not, excuse me, not Ruggs, uh, Renfro, Edwards, and Waller, all those guys are good at what they do, but neither one of them can really stretch the field, really threaten guys deep or went deep all that, all that often. If any of them, it's probably going to be Waller that has the best chance of doing it. And that's not exactly where the Raiders want to use him. So that's going to be the toughest part on the field. 
So, so the other really pleasant topic that, that came up for, uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders this year, and, and, and you're laughing already because you, you know where I'm going. Yep. The other really pleasant topic is, is, is John Gruden. And, and, and the question is simply this. Does anybody in Las Vegas miss Gruden? Uh, not really, to be honest with you. I mean, the Raiders have had, their, uh, I think, their two highest scoring games in the last two weeks without John Gruden. Granted, played a little bit lesser caliber teams, but Broncos came in with a pretty good defense and Greg Olson took over and uh week what was that week five, I guess now that, uh, and you know, or week six took over in the offense and Raiders came out and shoved it right down their throats. Uh, I don't think they punted until the, till the end of the third quarter and really beat up on the Broncos. And I think it's, it's definitely been, there's been a change in the offense, been a little bit more modern. There's a lot of people talking. They've been using play action a little bit more, getting the running backs involved in the passing game, which was frustratingly non-existent with John Gruden, both of those aspects. So it's it, you, you kind of nailed it. Of the Raiders haven't missed a beat without John Gruden. I think the the worst game they've had with this whole scandal, with that whole scandal, I guess we're on scandal one of the season for the Raiders, was um, the game that Gruden actually coached, which was the Friday after the first uh, wave of emails kind of came through where the Raiders look flat. And then ever since then, they've been on a fire. They've kind of banded together. So be interested to see uh, how this, uh, how they, if they can continue to do that and if um, moving forward with the, the new rug stuff. So tell me, just tell me about Rich Basaccia, the, the interim head coach, who I believe was the special teams coordinator yep. before, uh, before taking over. The only thing I know about, uh, about coach Basaccia is that he apparently was a longtime assistant coach who had never had an opportunity as a head coach previously. So why don't you uh, just try to fill in the blanks for us and, and tell us a little bit about him. Yeah. Well, uh, Giants fans should know Basaccia well, cause he's actually a native New Yorker. I believe he's from, uh, I believe he's from Yonkers. I don't know my New York geography. I don't know exactly where that is, but uh, he's from New York originally. And then he had coached with the Cowboys for as their special teams coach for, I think about five years coached with Jason Garrett when Jason Garrett was there. Um, and then when Gruden was hired, he, he had worked with Gruden previously in Tampa Bay and they, he brought him on, but he's been a special teams coach his, uh pretty much throughout his career from the start, from even back to his days as a college coach, he was at least involved in special teams and then kind of made his niche in the NFL. But yeah, he's a guy that kind of, uh, he kind of embodies what you kind of want a coach outside of the X's and O's. I think he's a guy that's a great motivator. He's he's they've shown clips of him, you know, talking in the locker room. Hard knock with the Cowboys a few years ago, or excuse me, all or nothing with the Cowboys gave a nice inspirational speech that I think fired a lot of people up. So I think that's kind of where he's done a really good job. Of, he's obviously not the X's and O's guys that Gruden is, but he's you know been a great motivator and been done a really good job again, you know, leading the ship and steering the ship and being two and zero as an interim head coach. That's a uh, through a huge controversy and obviously has another one to deal with too, but uh, uh, to move forward through that, I mean, I think speaks volumes to who he is as a leader. So. I don't know. I would, I, I would make a, I would make a wise crack about getting to start your NFL coaching career against the Broncos and the Eagles, except <laughs> for the, except for the fact that the Broncos beat the giants this year. So, <laughs> so, so, so yeah. we can't go there. So we're, I'm going to have to edit this part of the show out. Gotcha. <laughs> but uh, gotcha. but here, here's what I need to set, to ask you. And, and I think you know that I was going to ask you this. I think I mentioned it before that this question was going to come. The Raiders are five and two. And yet 
you can look at their schedule and you can look at the games that they've won and you can make the argument that the only team that we know for certain is any good that the Raiders have beaten was in week one when they beat the Baltimore Ravens. I think that was an overtime game. So, so, and, and there's a loss to the Bears, you know, on, on the Raiders resume this year as well. So the question is really, is this really a good football team? Yeah, I mean, I think they are. Um, obviously, it's going to be a different football team moving forward with the, how this week's unfolded. But I think they are a good team. I think the biggest difference between this Raiders team and you know some of the teams that in the past that uh, myself and a lot of people have in the back of their minds um, that of uh, where the Raiders have kind of floundered towards the end of the season is the defense. Their defense has been astonishingly, astonishingly better. Um, surprised a lot of people. They went from you know being one of the worst pass rushes in the NFL just probably about two years ago. Uh, when the whole Khalil Mack trade happened and then they kind of still struggled even after that, even after um, adding a few pieces. And then this year, Max Crosby has kind of emerged with Gus Bradley's system and then signing Yigani Kangakwe, who's also been uh, an elite pass rusher for him that really formed one of the better pass rushing duos in the NFL this year. So I think they've done a great job at being able to stop a pass and get after the quarterback. And, on the, and then on the outside, they've also signed Casey Hayward, who's another guy that's playing at an all pro level. And, you know, when I look at this Raiders team and compare them to teams in the past, compare them to teams, um, you know, the last few years have floundered towards the end of the season. It's that's the biggest glaring defense is they're able to get stops. They're able to get off the field and keep teams off the board. Whereas in the years before it was <laughs> got to score 50, got to score 40 or what, what not to have any chance of winning this game. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, what the difference was in the defense, but you you pretty much uh, you pretty much covered that, you know, talking, you know, largely about the about the pass rusher, but but it's interesting. I do remember watching the Raiders in a couple of of primetime games and realizing as you said that if they didn't run up and down the field and score every time, they <laughs> simply weren't going to win. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, be able to get turned to be able to get off the field has been one of the biggest differences. Gus Bradley's made all the world uh the world of difference. And, you know, they have two of the better free agent signings, um, especially with Casey Hayward making about two and a half million dollars a year. He's a he's a steal right now. And Yannick's even looking like one, even though he's on a bigger contract. But yeah, I think yeah, let, let, the, the new additions let, and the emergence of guys. I was gonna say, let's not uh, talk about Ngakwe. I mean I mean, I, he, he's a guy that I, I know Giants fans wanted, not necessarily this year, but, gotcha. but a year ago. So, so, so that's probably a sore subject for sore Giants subject. fans, probably Sorry. considering, considering the fact that the Giants, although things are getting a little bit better in that department, but considering the fact that, that they've struggled, you know, somewhat in the, in the pass rush area you know, this season, it's been there sometimes it hasn't been there at other times, but uh, hopefully, you know, Aziz Ojolari, Le- Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, hopefully they'll be paying, you know, a little bit of a, a or a few visits to Derek Carr on Sunday. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to, uh, you know, I, I, I do like the Giants defensive line a lot. You know, I think Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are probably one of the better defensive tackle duos in the, in the NFL. And then, you know, I know Aziz Ardelari, ha- he's had his moments. I think uh, I was just looking it up, doing research for something else. Saw so he had eight pressures against Carolina, had a pretty good game against them. So I think the uh, the future is bright for the, for the Giants defensive line and uh, what they have because they have a couple young guys in the middle and then obviously Ojolari who 
think once he can get more consistent, more get more experience, he can definitely uh, become a good player. So I think I like what you guys have over there. So I wanted to ask you also about this, and and, and I need to say this: I I should file a protest with the NFL because <laughs> the, the 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 Raiders are coming off a bye. They had two weeks to get ready for this game. The Giants had to play Monday night. And, yeah. you know, so, so they get a short week. So I don't know. You know, I, I, I hate it when the NFL does that to teams. You, you, put a, you, you put a team playing on a short week up against the team that, that's had a bye. I mean, there's never any, quote, unquote, perfect scheduling when you've got so many, so many variables in making an NFL schedule. But my question really is, what is if if you if you've got an idea what's the Raiders' recent history you know in handling a buy and how do you expect how do you expect to to see them play on Sunday do you expect to see them uh, you know really take advantage of the buy and come out and play well or do you expect to kind of see them you know a little bit rusty a little bit kind of feeling their way? Well, I've got good news for you. I don't have the exact record, so I might not have this perfect. But I believe the Raiders are about three and seven or three and fourteen, maybe even three and seventeen in the last like however many weeks uh, coming off a of bye. So I know it's not 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 ideal to have a short week and play the Raiders coming off a of bye, but you actually kind of want to play the Raiders coming off a of bye. And and years past they've really struggled and every single time have come out flat. So I mean I think the the pes- the optimist in me wants to think you know like I was talking about before this year this team's different they'll be able to overcome it. They'll be able to, able to do it. Um, would have been more confident had the rug situation not happened in that. But uh, I think, you know, you can expect the Raiders to be a little bit flat, especially with it being a, a 10 a.m. kick over here on the West Coast, um, playing out, out in uh, out in New York. The Raiders never have really traveled all that well, um, especially going out and playing on the East Coast. And, you know, this time of year, I don't know what the weather forecast is in New York. I don't know how bad it is, but. Raiders also don't handle, handle the weather very well. That's definitely been one of the things that Derek Carr has struggled with in the years past. So I think uh, this actually coming off the bye um, might actually work in the Giants' favor a little bit, even though it is a is, is a short week. Interesting. How would you expect? Let me ask you this. I mean, if I if I was to if we were to make predictions, I'm pretty sure that you know that I would pick the Giants and you would pick the Raiders, and and there's not a whole there's not a, there's not a lot of point to that. So, so let's not do that, but let me ask you this. If the giants are going to win this game on offense, when the giants have the ball, is there a way to attack the Raiders defense? And, and, and on the other side of that, if the giants are going to shut the Raiders offense down, what does that look like? I think the Giants offense is a little bit tough of a uh, question to answer just because there are so many injuries at wide receiver and Saquon Barkley landing on the, uh, the COVID list. I'm not sure if he's able to uh, come back or off that or not. Um, so uh, offensively, it's going to be a tough matchup, especially because, again, the Giants are banged up on the offensive line, which I think the Raiders would be able to take advantage. But the one guy that I am very worried about that I think I believe is going to play, um, obviously, Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay would be concerns as well if they are healthy and suiting up but the guy that i'm concerned about is a guy that i liked in the draft process this year and that's Kadarius tooney um he was a guy in the slot that was just like a human joystick out there and he could win on the deep ball could speed to beat them deep 
the Raiders have had a pretty good slot corner and Nate Hobbs. He's definitely up up in the running for a defensive rookie of the year. Um, and his strength has been uh, his ability to tackle. He's not a guy that will necessarily uh, make a whole lot of plays on the ball, but he's going to wrap you up and, and uh, make tackles and prevent the, prevent the big gains. That's kind of his MO and why they've been using him in the slot because he is such a sure tackler. So I always like to see guys who, you know, when they have competing strengths and whatnot, see who can be, who can be better. And uh, I'm definitely excited to see that little rookie rookie matchup. I know Tooney got banged up a little bit too, but he's the guy that I'm definitely concerned about the most on the giants offense, um, especially him being in the slot and being able to win the short areas to maybe mitigate that offensive line versus the Raiders pass rush. And then defensively for the giants, um, I kind of, I feel like a broken record because everybody that brings me on, I kind of say the same thing. I'm always worried about the Raiders interior offensive linemen versus the opponents, uh, defensive tackles, especially when there are guys like Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, um, that are on the other side that I talked about, obviously I talked about how highly I think of those two, uh, the Raiders interior offensive line has been kind of a wreck these last there, this entire year, it's gotten better as the seasons were on, but they're super young there. Richie Incognito has been out since about halfway through training camp. John Simpson has been supposed to be a backup with a fourth round pick uh, in 2020. So this is his second year. He struggled a little bit, but again, he's one of those guys that's been getting better as the season goes on. So we'll see how he does against Sunday against a guy like uh, a Leonard Williams or, um, or Dexter Lawrence, Andre James is their center. They got rid of Rodney Hudson in the offseason. Hudson has been one of the better centers in the, in the uh, NFL for years to come. Um, James is, extremely inexperienced has struggled another guy though again coming off his best game against the against the eagles and then there's alex leatherwood who's a rookie obviously another young guy and they have just moved to the position after he had struggled very poorly or very badly as a pass protector on the edge so that's definitely where i think if the giants can wreck this game and the giants can pull off the upset it's going to be them being able to get pressure on Derek Carr in the, uh, in the middle and then being able to stuff the run uh, with those two guys. Uh, Cause I think that's definitely the matchup that or the matchup that tilts tilts in New York's favor the most uh, as we enter Sunday. All right. Hey, um, I think that, that we've pretty much covered, uh, you know, most of, of what we really need to cover here. Why don't you, you know, tell folks, you know, where they can find your work, where they can, you know, what your podcast is, where you can find all the, uh, all the, all the Raiders coverage this week, if they want to check it out. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, you can find all of our work over at silverandblackfried.com. Um, I'd like to do a lot of game previews, do like my X factors, get a little insight on the Raiders and, you know, touch on some giant stats in there as well, obviously. I also like to go over the matchups. So, that's always a fun one that I like to do with my three key matchups um, this week. So check those out. You can find me on Twitter at mholder95. Um, and then like the podcast you mentioned, same thing, uh, Silver and Black Pride, myself and uh, a couple of our other writers that write on the site all kind of contribute here and there, do a lot of film study, do a lot of um, analysis and just kind of opinion based. So definitely get a good preview of what to expect from uh, coming out of Las Vegas heading into the game. All right, Matt, thank you very, very much for coming on. Giants fans, as always, thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio and all of your favorite podcast applications. Stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.